0: What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings podcast, aka the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined on this Friday by at Marcus underscore Mosher. How are you, sir? Now that you have a new truck?
1: I don't have a new truck yet. I, we're finalizing that. So, uh, but I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. All things
0: considered, I've been feel like I've been all over the place uh the last couple weeks but <clears throat> i'm here ready to podcast about some football cards um so and i think our uh we may have some news to share on our podcast uh in a few days as well so that might be kind of cool because i'm out there cutting deals <laughs> i got an 86 buick skylark uh, there you go yeah
1: Call i was our, gonna. i was fleet gonna be-
0: manager yeah,
1: go ahead. Remember the Dion commercial where Dion was it, Jerry Austin. What, what do you want? 15, 20 million? And Dion yeah. said both. I just want to know when you're at the dealership, did you meet
0: anybody like named Daryl Fickle? And it was like you were at like Possum Kingdom Pontiac or something. No, I think
1: guy's name was Buck Cunningham.
0: Yeah. He <laughs> said, you can email us at Buck dot Cunningham at Route Five Honda Fleet. <laughs>
1: dot com no yeah. I, I didn't get one of those guys unfortunately i live in a small town where everybody kind of knows everybody uh, so it's not a big deal yeah did he say hey you got a problem i'll handle it for you, <laughs> you call no, me really, anytime of night i will meet you at the dealership it's one of those things like you know how you usually go to dealerships and they like take your license and take down all your information before yeah. you drive a car or drive a truck it's like ah no go ahead take whatever you want we'll go take the long route we'll We'll meet you back here. They didn't They didn't care.
0: You know, funniest thing, uh, about 10 years ago, I was shopping for a car. <clears throat> I was having some problems with my hips. And so I really wanted an eight-way power seat, you know, so I could yep. adjust it just the right yep. way. And I wanted to sit up high, so I was looking for an SUV. And so my brother and I went all around to different dealerships trying different SUVs, you know, Jeep, Dodge, whatever. And my brother goes, You know what, we should try? There's a Mini Cooper dealership right over here. <laughs> and I'm like, A Mini Cooper? I mean, I, I think Mini Coopers look cool and all, but I'm like, I'm having a hard time with my <laughs> hips. He's like, You know what? You should just try
1: everything. You know, of course, that's yeah. because my brother wanted to test drive a Mini Cooper yeah. S, which is like a so, turbo one. Yeah. Uh, you're just getting old. Uh, I, speaking of getting old, though, Bobby Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, that was a fun car to drive, the Mini Cooper S. <laughs> I
0: drove a root beer one with a black top. There you go. Uh, Yeah, Bobby Wagner, um, a player I respect very much, a player I think is a Hall of Famer right now, right now. Um, I think he can retire today. In fact, I wouldn't mind if he retired today because I thought he was outstanding last year. Uh, Of course, I've told you this a billion times. You know, I think he's a great player. I don't think he's lost a lot. Maybe there's a concern about him, Marcus. I know you mentioned to me on the phone that, Hey, this is a guy that's had two different teams in the last two years. He's about to have his third. Um, But I just had a couple ideas for landing spots for him, and I wanted to kind of kick the tires on those teams, and then we're going to get into some football cards. Perfect. So uh, before I get into my teams real quick, I know you just did a Locked On Cowboys show. Y'all talked about him with the Cowboys. I know you're not real big on that.
1: How do you look at him as a player right now, though? I think his sideline to sideline speed has regressed a little bit, but man, he's still so awesome at getting downhill and making tackles. Like he just doesn't miss tackles. And if you need a linebacker, that's just going to be in the right space or the right spot at the right time and make every single tackle. Not sure there's a better guy in the league than Bobby Wagner at doing that. So I think, what is he 33, 34 years old now. I think he maybe has one or two really good seasons left. But that's just kind of the linebacker position as a whole, right? Like I don't know how much you can say, hey, this guy's going to be a great linebacker for five or six years. Like it just – it doesn't really happen anymore.
0: Well, I don't want to take away from Marcus's version of – well, I was, I was going to say a different word. Marcus's version of entertainment, which is <laughs> the combine. Yep. But, you know, you can take your four, four, five speed at linebacker all day. I don't care. Give me a guy with 4, 6 speed that is great pre-snap and has play recognition because he's going to get to that spot faster.
1: Well, linebacker is just such an above the shoulders position, right? Like, yes, yes. You know where you're going to be. You can be a little bit on the slow side right now. I do think today's NFL has made it. You have to be so athletic because you are going to be covering wide receivers out of the slot. You're going to be covering running backs, but you can still get away with being an awesome player. If you run in the four sixes or four sevens he reminds me a lot
0: of like Greg Olson. And I know Greg Olson's in the news a lot because people about the broadcasting, people are more concerned about Greg Olson losing his seat to Tom Brady than they are like world events. It's so weird. But Greg Olson was a really gritty player that was just good for a long time. Just really good. And uh, in fact, I, I I might dare say Greg Olson's a little bit underrated, but uh, Bobby Wagner is similar to me. Very gritty player. Just, didn't get a lot of plays off. Remember those seasons where Greg Olson literally played every single snap yep. that the Panthers had on offense, yep. and, and Bobby Wagner. I think you told me missed what was it, two snaps? Two snaps that he missed last year. Yep. So ways, man. So here's some. Here's three teams. They're not necessarily perfect fits. Um, I'm gonna. This is kind of a mini power rankings here within the power ranking show. Uh, my number third team, number three team, is the Miami Dolphins. Um, mm-hmm. they've got a new defensive coordinator. They've got some young linebackers. Um, I was asking Marcus. I was curious what their PFF rankings were. They weren't high. The Dolphins run defense was actually very good last year, but with Vic Fangio there, I think he would want to have somebody on that defense. That's going to lead that defense. This isn't a perfect fit. And I don't know how well Bobby Wagner would fit with the kind of defense Vic Fangio ran when he was in Denver. Um, But I think Miami's in a position to go for it now, and I think Bobby Wagner at this stage of his career would like to pick going somewhere that has a legitimate chance
1: to win mm-hmm. and might be a comfortable place to live. What do you think of that? I mean, I actually think it's a really good fit because they've got the pass rushers up front. What they need is someone behind them that could just make every tackle, and it does feel like they need that type of leader on their defense. So I, I actually really like that one. This one might be more
0: controversial because I actually think a lot of one of this team's off the ball linebackers, but the team's performance kind of is what it is. And I'm speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Logan Wilson's a good player, Mm -hmm. Um, but the bottom line is Cincinnati gave up what was a buck 58 at about six yards per clip against Kansas city when they could ill afford it. And I think when you're going for a championship, it doesn't matter that you have Elijah Mitchell. If you can get Christian McCaffrey, go get Christian McCaffrey. You know, if it doesn't matter uh, sometimes that you already have, I don't want to say a wealth of riches, but look what Philadelphia did. They went out and got guys even in spots that they didn't have to have them. How do you feel about Bobby Wagner in Cincinnati? Because I like it in the sense that this is a guy that could bring even more grit and leadership to their locker room
1: and maybe be just the kind of guy that could push them over the top. I think personality-wise, it fits really well. Like They need somebody in the middle of the defense to be that leader. I do wonder that other linebacker opposite of Logan Wilson needs to be a tad more athletic. That's why Jermaine Pratt had an awesome year this year, and he's actually a free agent. So maybe the Bengals look at potentially upgrading that spot, and I I certainly think Wagner is an upgrade. I do wonder if that guy just needs to be – more of the 227-pound guy that runs – Get in the out coverage. Yep. Gets in coverage. Get some depth kind of guy. Yep.
0: That's why I admitted that this is a little bit – um this is arguable. I'm just looking at it from the standpoint. If Cincinnati sees itself as we are there and Bobby Wagner sees the team as they are there, right? Right, right.
1: Yep. Yep. You,
0: you kind of throw out some of these kinds of uh, normal, what I would say, objections when a player and a team are at this stage, uh, when it's so close. Uh, my number one team is doesn't have to move uh, across even a state or a town. You stay right there in L.A., and you play for the Chargers, and you help a run defense that I believe Marcus finished 28th in the league this year.
1: Yep, I agree. The Chargers would be a, a fantastic fit. They, they've had... So many problems at linebacker over the last couple of years. Kenneth Murray, their first-round linebacker from 2020, I believe, has been just a bust. Uh, They haven't been able to get solid play there. I do think on that team, just somebody that can stop the run and can not be a liability is exactly what they need. I don't know that
0: Khalil Mack is really the leader of that defense. Unfortunately, the guy that a lot of people would point to Joey Bosa has missed a lot of time. You could say it's Derwin James. He's missed a lot of time as well. Yeah, that's yeah. You, you smelled what I was stepping in, man. So that's what I'm thinking. You bring a guy like Bobby Wagner in. you bring uh, a certain degree of professionalism and leadership and grit and a guy that can balance the good players they have on his periphery between you mm-hmm. the pass rushers, uh, JC Jackson at corner, Derwin James at safety uh, of course, the finances are always a different thing, um, but those are my my spots for uh, for Bobby Wagner. And again, I I think Bobby Wagner's a Hall of Famer right now. I don't think he needs to play again. Uh, if I were his buddy, I might say, "Hey, man, you had a great year last year. I know they didn't win a lot of games, um, but dude, you've played 11 years in the league at a tremendously high level. You know." So anyway, uh, that's the Bobby Wagner talk. Now we told you we were going to have a football card podcast. I asked Marcus to kind of go through the years and look at some sets and tell me what he liked the most. Um, but where are you right now on your feel of the 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 card industry as a whole and then specifically on
1: football cards? So first of all, the card industry is booming, right? Like football cards I don't know have ever been more popular, which is awesome, right? And I think the pandemic has actually maybe helped that a little bit. It yeah. seems like more people were staying home collecting cards which is fantastic at the same time it, it sucks <laughs> it's it, because if you are somebody like me who just wants to buy a pack of football cards every few weeks or a few months right you just want to go into the store grab two packs and ob- open it up to be fun you can't really do that anymore because all these collectors and TikTokers they they buy up all these cards and then they rip them open on youtube or TikTok. And that's how they're collecting cards, right? So it's really, really hard to find cards anymore. And that part of it, I don't like for just the average football fan that wants to open a $7 pack of football cards every once in a while. Well, this podcast got dark. We're talking yeah. about societal ills. You well, know? I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: well, I, I, I actually saw some of this back when I worked, I worked at the biggest baseball card store in the Southern United States when I was in high school. And I saw some of that then, so I can certainly uh, feel you on that. And We didn't have social media then uh, like we do now. So um, that being said, there are a lot of really cool football cards out Heck there. If you yeah. can get your hands on yeah. them. If we start kind of with, because you know, I know a lot of people in our audience are younger. Can you start with some of the more recent sets, something that you, you like
1: or what, what do you have in your collection? Like what is a more recent set that you think is rad? So the 2021 Panini Mosaic cards are really cool. They've got like holographic backgrounds. Oh, you showed really, those. Yeah. Yeah, they're just a lot of really cool colors, and they're not dull. And we could talk about some of the older football cards before where they're just – they just don't stand out. But when you yeah. pull one of these cards, even just a base card, right, which is – if if you're not familiar with football cards at all, typically in a pack you'll get a bunch of base cards and then one maybe one or two – unique cards at the bottom but your base cards these ones are awesome they look so cool uh they're nice big graphics i gotta say i i really do like the looks of the new cards more so than the older ones yeah i you know when i started
0: collecting uh football cards tops was the only game in town and um then pro set joined the mix score joined the mix in 1989 and football cards exploded in 1989. They had the national card convention in Chicago. They have a national card convention um, just like they have the E3 every year for video games. And um, it was that year that football cards really became a hot item. They all skyrocketed in value. And uh, like I said, pro set and score got into the mix. And what was really great for pro set and particularly score was in 1989 You had these really awesome rookies. You had Troy Aikman and you had Deion Sanders and you had Derek Thomas and you had Barry Sanders. Even Tony Mandrich, who ended up being a bust, was a really famous college prospect. And then you even had a lot of second tier guys that were great players like Andre Risen, Steve Atwater, who's in the Hall of Fame. I I shouldn't even call him a second tier player. Eric Metcalf, who's like the old school Darren Sproles. Um, that's really when the card market started to take off. Then we got action Pack came in the, the fold.
1: Some of my favorite those. cards. Uh, yeah, yeah. 90, 91, 92, full sets of the action Pack. Because just to be clear on those ones, if you've never heard of an action Pack card, what's different about their cards is they're raised a little bit. Like the yeah. outline of the player is raised a little bit. So it just looks a little different. It's cool. It's the, the way that you can feel the cards is just different. It's, it's be, it'd be like if you took a topographical
0: map where you can feel the mountain ranges yes. over the, you know, and uh, it, yeah, those, those packs were so expensive when they came out. The, I think in 91 was the year action pack came out. There were gold foil. Marcus has some of those cards. Yeah. Uh, Cause Marcus has like card dealers. Yeah. He has like a pager.
1: No, <laughs> I've got a friend that t- dropped off a bunch of football cards. Yeah. That's all. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so I, I want to kind of get into a couple things, but w- one of them is just, is there, is there one or two cards that like you love so much that you have in your collection and what sets are they?
1: So it's not a card that I have. It's actually a card that I would, I would like to get. Um, I I need to tell people about my card buying experience because I think it's different than your, yours was growing up. So I didn't live close to a card dealership. I didn't even live close to a Walmart growing up. There was, there was nothing right. It was all local grocery stores. So we would have to try, you know, go to the mall, which was an hour away. And there were in the back of the mall. There was a little card store, right? So I'm talking about like once or twice a year, we would go to the card store and my mom might give me five bucks to buy a card or buy a pack of cards. So my options were, either buy a set of cards or buy a bunch of like 25-cent cards that I already knew and could see. Yeah, So that's typically what I did. So it's very rare that I bought a, uh, a, a you know, a pack of cards. But the one card that I always wanted was the 1989 Pro Set Deion Sanders rookie card when he was with the, the Florida Seminoles. He's kind of like looking up in the air, and there's a little green uh, slash on it that says projected number one pick. That was my favorite card of all time. And I, I told Elliot pre-show. I said, I won't be surprised if you have this card because I know that you have that 89 pro set, but that's the card that I've, I, I've always wanted because I remember going to the dealership and that card was like, it wasn't worth a ton. It might've been like 17 bucks or something like that. And I never, as a seven year old or as an eight year old, I know I could never afford a $17 card, but that's the one I always wanted.
0: Wow. Okay, so we're talking 1989 Pro Set Deion Sanders. Let me show you what I'm looking at here. Uh, This is, so I have my cards in binders. And this is an actual real football card binder. Binder, it says football card binder. I don't actually have a lot of these. I think my mom bought me this. It's like padded on the front, Hmm. you know? And then if I open it up, I don't know how well you can see this, Marcus, but... I don't have the cards in numerical order, right? So I have right. them by team and I went by the first initial of the team name. So the Atlanta Falcons usually kick off my binders. Occasionally I would start with the AFC and I put them in there. I put all the cards with their teams and then I had to do it. Quarterback running back wide receiver, tight end tackle guard center, kicker, punter, corners, Defensive end, defensive tackle, outside backers, middle backers, safety, kick returner at the back end, any backups in the back end. Backups. So if I had three running backs, the third running back went went to the back. So that's how I memorized all my depth charts. So to this day, Marcus can call me and say, tell me the starters for the 82 Steelers and I can do it. But so this is my set. So I've got them all in binders and I put the rookies at the back. So I don't know if I
1: put the college kids at the back. Let's see here. So, by the way, I looked at this card earlier today to see if it was worth any money, and it's not. It's, it, I mean, it's worth like fifteen, sixteen bucks, but it's just a card that i, I never had. I had the eighty nine Pro Set uh, pack, but I like a lot of those cards, but I never was able to get this card.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, I'm looking. I don't know where I would have put it. <laughs> I don't know how I would have organized it. Well, it's pretty. It's pretty elusive. It's hard, tough to find. Um. Okay, so that's the one card you've always wanted.
1: Yes, never was able to get it as a kid. Bingo. Here we go. Did you find it? Yeah, hang on. I'm going to move the mic out of the way.
0: I, well, I'll just pull it out of its sleeve. It could be worth thousands of dollars. I put it, without, I put it with other Falcons in the update. said, I believe this is the card that you've always wanted right here.
1: Yes, it is right there. Yes. and, and I see, think- What I like about that card the best is I love the little green thing at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Right hand corner where it says projected number one pick. Uh, It's so cool right there. Yep. Let's see. uh, Outstanding defensive back
0: and punt returner who scored six career touchdowns for Florida State, three on interceptions and three on punt returns. That's pretty impressive in a four year college career. Uh, It's got a bunch of other stats on here. Deion, of course, on the back is wearing his primetime sunglasses. Yeah, Uh, this is a real cool picture. Deion Sanders wore number two in college for Florida state. And it looks like to me that he's trying to field a punt Mm because he's kind of looking up, you know, like he's running to the spot that the punt's going to go. And let me tell you college punters in 1988 really stunk. So you had to run quite a ways as a punt returner trying to catch their wounded ducks. Um, That's really cool. Um, Okay. I I knew that you would have that card. I knew it. I didn't. I, I, uh, But I I knew I had my set. I'll show you one more from the set just while we're at it. A couple – the very next page,
1: the very next page, I've got this one. So for the listeners at home that can't see this football card, it's a Troy Aikman UCLA card, which looks very cool. It has that little green uh, triangle at the bottom. So cool. Um.
0: That, that's a, that's a great card. You're going to love this one for sure. Uh, Here's, I'm not going to pull the Tony Mandarich out, but. um, Uh, That's a Barry Sanders rookie card as well.
1: Yeah. That one might be worth a little bit of money.
0: Yeah. This one is number. He wore 21 in college. Uh, Trivia question for you. Player that we've talked about being fantastic historically and maybe a little underrated. He's hall of fame was. Barry Sanders was a backup to this guy at Oklahoma State in 1987. Hall of Fame running back. Mm. You're a lifelong fan of this team,
1: so you say. (laughs) Uh, Thurman Thomas. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, one more, one more.
1: I'm going to show you. By the way, that card's worth a little bit of money there if it's in mint condition. It's in mint condition for sure. Is it?
0: it's been in the sleeve since 1989. Yeah. I like this one. Say it's the same set kind of thing you're talking about. You know who that is? Can you see that? It's number four. Is that a Bernie Kosar card? It Not says, a Bernie sorry. Go ahead. It's Miami Hurricanes. Do you know who the Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback was in 1988? That was a number one pick in the supplemental draft. Was it? Was that a Steve Walsh card? The Steve Walsh card. Yeah. He's launching a bomb against arkansas and uh he ended up starting i just always thought the card looked cool and steve walsh was a really good college quarterback so i always like this one and trust me this one has no value <laughs> this, how much is a steve walsh 89 pro set worth can we uh
1: can i'm, we I'm to... googling it right now Let, yeah, what, what's get your guess dollar.
0: i'm gonna go a dollar
1: but is this from 80, 87 you said no, eighty-nine Pro set. Oh. Same set your the Dion is. Uh it, you can get a lot of four hundred and ninety one of them for nineteen dollars. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. So is that is that your holy grail card? You it is. don't have any others?
1: It is. I, I just always I always like the pro set cards quite a bit. I, I remember my dad got me the nineteen ninety Pro set or most of the, the the set um when I was like in my you know, early teens. And I, I've always liked those cards.
0: Well, let me tell you what the difference was with the pro set in 89. When score and pro set joined the game, they did something that tops wasn't doing all the tops cards were like guys on the sideline, like sweating. So like they took the offensive players, football card pictures in the eighties when the defense was on the field. Yeah. What pro set and score did was everything was an action shot. Everything. Yep. And some of the cards looked really amazing, and and the only problem was Pro Set's distribution was horrible. And we should talk about that when it comes to collecting. You have collectors that just want to collect for money and get rookie cards. You have collectors that just want to collect cards that they think are cool, and then you have collectors who want to complete the set. Like mm-hmm. don't just open up the packet packs, but they want to. They don't want the duplicates. They want to have a complete set of eighty nine Pro Set or of, you know, twenty nineteen Panini or whatever distribution's a really big thing because if you open a box of cards, Marcus, and you're getting duplicates nonstop, you you end up only completing like one third of the set. Right. So the Pro Set 89 sets got like, whatever, 500 cards in it, but the distribution was so bad that if you opened up a box of 36 packs, you only got about 140 singles and you got about 400 doubles mm. and triples and quadruples. And so that was the real complaint. So the next year they fixed that.
1: Which, by the way, we should say that you are somebody
0: who likes to complete a set, right? Yes, totally. So my collecting experience was totally different. Um, The very first set that I ever collected is actually an iconic football card set. It's the 84 Tops football set. The reason it's iconic is because John Elway, Dan Marino, and Eric Dickerson are rookie cards in that set. Hmm. And... Eric Dickerson's not as revered as he once was, but he was a massive star. Uh, he, he ran for 1,800 yards as a rookie, and this was when running backs were the glamour spot. Of course, you guys know about Marino and Elway. Those cards are actually pretty value valuable. A near mint Marino is, is probably worth some pretty good coin. I'm talking about like a PSA 9 or 10. Um, they looked really cool, and I wanted every player on every team because I had a little game that I like to play where I would lay the cards out in their positions. So if I did like Miami versus Dallas, I'd lay out Miami's offense and then Miami uh, Dallas's defensive cards. And then I would roll the dice to see which guy would beat which guy. (laughs) And uh, I would modify my dice roll because I was a Dungeons and Dragons nerd, of course. And so like if Everson Walls was covering turd Norton, I just made that name up. That's not a real receiver from the (laughs) eighties. Everson Walls could afford to get a little bit worse role than Turd Norton did because mm-hmm. he was Everson Walls, and I would re I would play like tournaments, you know. So I wanted to have every card in the set,
1: and I still have a lot of complete sets, and I love them. So for me, I, again, I was never able to collect a whole set, so I just wanted cool cards, and I would have, <laughs> I had my dresser in my bedroom where I could display like two or three of my favorite cards at the time. So that's what I always looked at. So I wanted the cards that either looked cool or of my favorite player or of a rookie card that I liked or a guy that I liked in the draft. Um So that's how I displayed it. I, I will say one thing I really liked about the, the, like the 89 and 90 set is you got a lot of offensive linemen and defensive linemen in your sets. If you open a set of Panini cards now, there's no offensive linemen in there. There's hardly any defensive players. It's all quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And frankly, I think that kind of sucks. I, I I like having offensive linemen in there as much as a receiver.
0: You know, when I was at the NFL, this is one thing I hated. Everything became so fantasy-centric. Uh, and it still is. It's so fantasy-centric that, like, nobody cares about safeties. Nobody cares about – and I love – that is the one thing that's great. I know you don't like the 70s tops cards, and I don't blame you. And I am going to give you one 70s set that's so ugly that I love it um, to look up. but. From 1973 to 1982, Tops made 528 cards a set. When you only had 26 teams in the league or 28 teams in the league, that meant Marcus, man, you're getting like 17 cards per team. Yeah. So you're getting some guards and tackles and punters. You're, I mean, Describe. you're getting all the skill positions too. But rather than them make like a third wide receiver, you got the defensive end. Sometimes you got an entire starting defensive line you know mm-hmm. and and that was really really cool and and that's why i love those cards but if you were gonna well first of all have you seen any of the 2023 cards or well, i guess they're not out yet but the 2022s what do they look like
1: they're very similar they here's an example like of a, a, a trey lance card from a couple of years ago they, they all look like this they're very shiny oh, yeah. Um, yeah yeah they've got a lot of different colors i like them uh the one thing i will say is they are they are starting to look very similar across no matter what you get, whether you get a mosaic or a, uh, done or whatever they have. Now they all kind of look the same. So I kind of wanted to transition.
0: Now, if you had to pick two or three of the best looking card sets
1: you've ever seen from any era, what do you got? So I, I'm also biased to the 92 Action Pack set. So that's the first one that I would go with. For, for just because they look so cool. Um I would also say the I really like the the Pinnacle sets from the mid 90s are mm-hmm. some of my favorites. Yep. Um and then I don't remember the year, but Upper Deck had some pretty cool cards kind of when I was growing up. So those would be some of the, my favorites. I know you have you know all of these. So what are your favorites? Well, the, can you
0: describe the Pinnacles a little bit? Do you have one that you could grab there, like yeah. a mid-90s? Yeah, I got – so here's
1: a 1996 uh, Pinnacle Zenith, okay? This is a War Moon card. Now, I actually showed you this one before the show. But, like, it's all black, yeah. and then there's a – it's Randall Cunningham. or, sorry, War Moon in the, uh, the Vikings' white jerseys. And then there's, like, a gold football that's behind him. And it's, it's just another, like, it's a shiny card. Yeah. It looks cool. But on the back, what's really cool, I don't know if you've seen these before, it's got, like, his passing data. So oh, it shows, that is dope. It shows, like, how many completions he had from 0 to 15 yards in the left side of the field, the middle side, and the right side. This is, like, PFF before PFF. So if that's a 96, that has got his 95 stats. Yes. All right, I'm going to go with... Uh...
0: Four thousand.
1: Well, it doesn't have the yard yards. Pass. It doesn't have the total yards. What it has ah. is here. Yeah, it can, it shows you the passing attempts, completions, and touchdowns of the different zones. So, like this year, he had three passing touchdowns beyond thirty yards on the right side of the field.
0: That's cool. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, I, I like that.
0: Um, okay. Well. I would say, you know, there's a lot of great sets over the years, and you know, with collectors, you know, they'll they'll go all the way back to to you know, when card collecting or when car, football cards were first made. The the earliest football card set I know of that's straight football cards was called the National Chicklay or Chickle. I've heard it called both ways. It's from 1935. It was a set of only 30 something cards that had Newt Rockney, Red Grange, Bronco Nagurski just for fun and Google type in like a PSA nine Bronco Nagurski or just try to 1935 national Chicle Bronco Nagurski to see what they're going for right
1: now. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about like 66,000 for a, uh, near mint. Yep. 200,000 for a, 9 yeah that's that's
0: something else um some of the more manageable rookie cards i'm going to show you one right now that has some value that uh it's not hard to get your hands on but one of the greatest players ever is right here this you know that and is jj stokes no yeah right it's an 86 tops jerry rice uh that's this cool card, card near mint will command some pretty good coin but but it's manageable you can find that card um What's wrong with that card? Why haven't you got it graded? I don't get my cards graded because I don't plan on ever selling them. Um, I really love this set right here. This is a 51 Bowman. Uh, I, I know it's hard to see with the glare, but it's um, it's got the logo of the team and the player's name underneath the logo, and their picture is painted over. Mm. So this is Bob Waterfield. He's a quarterback and punter, so he's in a classic punting pose. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how well you can see these, but you see the logo. Yes. And then, th- so this is Frank, uh, Tripica, I believe Yeah, played for the Cardinals. He was their quarterback. It's got the Cardinals logo, his name underneath, then him in a passing post, but his Jersey has been painted over because all these photos are black and white, but they wanted their cards starting in 1950 to be color. Yeah. So, uh, I, I really enjoy those cards. Um, One of the hardest sets to not to find, you can find these cards, but it's so hard to get them in really great condition. So if you're the kind of person, you're like, hey, I love old football cards, but I want them in great condition. What's the most challenging? Well, let me tell you, the 62 tops is extremely hard. You could see the black borders on it. Mm -hmm. These cards are so unique. The first thing you notice is they're not vertical. They're horizontal cards. So in other words, the, they're flatter, um, uh, or not as tall and they have Fran. This is a Fran Tarkenton rookie right here. Um, he's in a pose and then in black and white, the little inset photo over here, that's an action shot from a game in it. 1961. It's got his name underneath it. Then I know you love this stuff. The cartoon data on the yes. back where they have a cartoon drawing of the player
1: and it's like Fran sells insurance in the off season. Um, Can can we also – we kind of skipped over this, but one of the reasons that you and I liked football cards so much growing up is it had the stats on the back, right? Yes. Before you could go to the internet, this is the easiest way to find out how a player's season went and how his career went. So I always liked looking at the cards and being, oh, I didn't know that this guy caught 12 touchdowns in 1994. Like in 1999, you really couldn't do that all that easily. So that's why I, one of the reasons I did collect football cards is just to learn more NFL history.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great thing to do. Uh, by the way, the cartoon on the back of Fran Tarkin and 1962 rookie, let's, uh, let's look up 1962 tops, Fran Tarkin and see how much this baby's worth. These have black borders. And so where I was going with this is black bordered cards are extremely hard to find in great condition because the tiniest little fray, uh, knocks the condition out, but a near mint Frank should be worth quite a bit of coin.
1: Yeah. So there's not very many of them. There's only six in population right now that are uh, in near mint $5,000.
0: Yeah. So the cartoon on the back says it's a guy punting the ball and he says, ouch, as he's punting (laughs) it. And the trivia question is, I'm going to ask you the trivia question. This is great. The old football cards had like quirky trivia questions with cartoon drawings. Okay. Who made the most punts in a playoff game? Now, I know you're not going to get the player, but I wanted to see if you can guess what the record was up to 1961 for most punts in a playoff game. I'll say 10. Is 10 too many? No, you're really close. It's 11, which is a ton, by There's the way, <laughs> because games were so much faster than, you know, they ran the ball so much, the clock, they didn't have as many possessions. Um
1: Yeah. He had eleven for the New York Giants. But see, that's own. why we love football cards. Is because you learn random dumb stuff like that, right?
0: Ah, it's so cool! It's so cool. Um, so give me the the for the people that don't collect at all. I, I want to hear your reason that they should, if they love football, and then give me one reason that collecting might not be one of
1: something you want to take up. First of all, it's gotten really expensive really expensive. Like if or you want to start with
0: a negative, you're such a well,
1: <laughs> negative Nancy, you go to your local Walmart now or whatever, and you want to buy a single pack of football cards. And I think there's normally 10 cards in a pack or around there. And it's like nine, ten bucks to do that. Right. And if you want to buy, a, 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 if you want to buy a pack, right? Like, which is, I don't know. I think the last pack I bought was 12 sets of 10 cards. Mm-hmm. It's like, 115 bucks from target Jeez. it's really really hard to do that um now and it's hard to even find those out there so that's the negative the cool thing is they're really fun to look at and they're fun to just every now and then pull out and it helps you remember old players right like i i absolutely loved pulling out this 95 fleer set today and looking at some guys like oh here's a cool daryl johnston card here's a cool marion butts card like that's the thing I like about it the most is it puts you back into like the NFL. And if you have a complete set like I do with this Fleer set from nineteen ninety-five, you could look at all these cards and kind of remember, oh, this is who was relevant back in that year. This is who mattered. And this is this was the best quarterback. It's it's kind of fun.
0: That Fleer card you're looking at of was it Moose Johnson you said?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Is he wearing navy blue jersey at the vet?
1: Uh, he's wearing the white jersey with the blue sleeves. Yeah. They
0: wore that uniform in 94 at the vet uh, that you remember that's that alternate uni that they wore.
1: Yeah. Of course. The reason of course. I'm saying this is Best because of all time
0: <laughs> because Fleer was located in Philadelphia. And one of the jokes among collectors is like, if you look at like an 87 Fleer baseball set, okay. All the national league teams, Like all their guys' pictures, like if you're like, oh, I want to get my Padres team set. All the Padres are wearing like the Padres road jerseys, and you can tell they're at the vet playing Philadelphia because Fleer could save money by just, we'll just take the Expos photos, you know, uh, Montreal Expos when they play Philly. Yep. Here in Philadelphia. They just did that with all the National League teams. Of course, you had no interleague play at that time. Um so I was kind of asking you, like, what do you think is the best reason to collect football cards?
1: Because I think these cards are just fun to look at. I mean, honestly, I don't know if I can give you a better reason. It's fun to look at. It, it helps you learn the players a little bit because you can flip over, you know, this Taylor Heineke card and look at his stats and, you know, learn a little bit about them.
0: I want to tell you what I think it is then. I think it's so when your wife says, hey, did you get a new vacuum cleaner When you went to Home Depot because ours is giving out, you're like, I'm sorry, but (laughs) I really needed this Pacheco rookie card.
1: uh, That's what I hate about it, though, because it's all it's all what people care about now is just looking for the rookie cards and looking for the unique cards. Like if you watch people on YouTube or TikTok rip these packs open, they're just throwing away the base cards, right? Yeah, they're throwing away the first nine cards and then only looking for that last card of a set. It bums me out. You know, when I was uh, young, I
0: uh, was in high school, I really wanted to complete an old football card set. And so 1958 Tops was the set I circled. It was a really good-looking set, I thought. You could take a look at a Google image if you want, or I could show you one here. Um, they're an oval shape with a player's picture inside. And um, I picked it because it was a small set, but there was one problem. I was able over two years to save enough money to get almost the whole set near mint. Cause there were only like 120 cards in the set or something, but it has the Jim Brown rookie. Mm. And even back in whatever year that was, the Jim Brown rookie was worth way more money than I could afford. So my whole set, I pretty much got near mint except my Jim Brown has rounded corners and the picture is faded. And I thought years later, oh, I can afford to replace it with the near mint one. And instead I just keep the frayed edges one because it just reminds me kind of like where, where I came from when I was collecting it. So I have a, a cruddy condition, Jim Brown, rookie card for uh, 1958 tops
1: that, uh, that I, I have to this day. I think that's what I like about cards too, is I, I had no interest in selling these cards. They're more of like memories, right? And Like when I look at that Daniel Johnson card from 1995, I can remember talking to my dad about Moose. And I remember I got Moose Johnson jersey was the first jersey I ever had. So those little memories are what makes card collecting fun for me. And I think it's the same for you. Well, I'm going to show you a couple of cards before we bail. Okay.
0: Um, First of all, I don't think they make these anymore. These are the passing leaders cards or rushing leaders. Yes. Do they still make these?
1: No, but I remember the uh, the 89 uh, Pro Set had them.
0: Yeah, so seven. this is a 78 tops. That's Bob Greasy, Brian Greasy's dad, and Roger Stallback. And this set, if you Google the 78 top set, it's really ugly, but it's so ugly. It's amazing. Um, and then uh, this is my Ron Jaworski rookie card with the Patrick Swayze Heck
1: haircut. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, you feeling that? That's the 76 tops. <clears throat> this card is extremely hard to find in near mint condition centered. And I should just mention centering is another problem for collectors because some sets are worse than others about centering the picture, particularly when they have a border. Now, some of the cards you showed me don't have borders, so they don't have that big a problem. But this is Roger. Can you see how off center this is? Yeah. Yeah. That's a stallback rookie. Um, And then the last card I wanted to show you before we bail, I can't remember if I ever actually mentioned this on a podcast, but I know I mentioned it to you on the phone is another old set that I have is a 66 Topps set. It's all AFL cards. But there's one really quirky card in the set. Whenever you bought a pack of 66 Tops cards, you got something called a funny ring. And it's just like a little goofy toy, like you'd get in a Cracker Jack box. Mm-hmm. Well, Topps made a card called the Funny Ring Checklist. So as a kid in the 60s, you could check off which rings you got. Well, none of the kids wanted that card. They wanted Joe Namath. You know, they wanted Fred Bolitnikoff. Isn't he from your part of the country? Yeah, just
1: turned 80 this week.
0: Yeah. And so they didn't want the funny ring checklist card. Well, take a guess how much a near mint funny ring checklist card. Is Partly there.
1: because probably everybody did check them off or just threw yes. them away,
0: right? Mine is not near mint. And I tried to erase the pencil marks on it. <laughs> uh, but this is my funny ring love checklist card from 1966. And then the last card I'll show you is the first card I bought in well over a decade probably two decades i bought when i was on vacation a 66 philadelphia don meredith in cowboys road blue
1: don't those blue jerseys look awesome
0: oh yeah they do they do white
1: the white numbers
0: oh yeah yeah oh this is like the classic mid-60s haircut to the side with the black comb come on yeah love it anyway um I think we've gone long enough on the cards, but I'm glad that we deep do- did a little deep dive on it. Uh, if you guys have any cards that uh, you want to tweet at us, by all means, please do. Please, but, please do. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we both love card collecting. This won't be the last time we ever talk about it. We just want to do a podcast uh, dedicated to this. And if you don't know what all these sets are, who cares? You know, just Google football cards and see if any of them look cool. But uh, you might be surprised. I, you know, <clears throat> I think if it were me and I didn't collect, but I loved you know, Troy Aikman or whoever, or Steve Young. I think I would just Google image Steve Young football cards and see what's out there. You know, yeah, they're really cool. If you put them in one of these hard uh, holders that kind of stands up, they make for like a great paperweight. I'm serious. Like at your home office. Um, I know a, a, a guy that did that who took all his favorite old baseball cards and he put them in these really thick glass holders, the kinds that will hold, Super Bowl tickets. Have you ever seen those big tall?
1: Yes. Players? I I've got some of those. And like there's little stands that come behind them. Yes. They look so
0: cool on your desk. Even if it's just one football cart, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, and you don't have to get the best, you know, if you're just doing it because you love the player, if you love Lance Allworth, or you love Roger Staubach or you know, you love DeAndre Swift, can, uh you don't have to get near mint condition,
1: you know. Can I tell you one quick story before we go? Yeah. Really, really quickly. So a few years ago, I wanted a – because the thing was to have these mint cards, right? The mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 graded. So you could buy a set at – or you could buy a single card at Walmart that would be guaranteed to be a 10 graded. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend $75 and do it. Hopefully, I get a really good card. I got a Kareem Hunt card is what I got. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Not only is it a running back, but it's Kareem Hunt. So that's my only card that's a perfect 10 graded. I think
0: I think if you send it in to PSA to grade it, and they send you back a note that really this is a nine point five nine to ten, I demand, not just request, that you send it back to them with a note that says running backs don't matter anyway. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
1: yeah. So there you oh. go. That's the card that I got.
0: All right, man. Well, I will give you the last thought. I've given that was my football last football thought.
1: Card. That I one. Got a freaking, uh... <laughs> you got Cremont. Cremont, Benin, uh, 10 out of 10. That's
0: amazing. That's amazing. Well, like I said, if if it's not you guys thing, you might just check out your uh, favorite player and just get a card of that guy and uh, and just have it as something on your desk. It's really cool. Um, but beyond that, if you love card collecting, uh, we do too. And and uh, yeah, it's a big money-making thing now, but you could still just collect for fun. And that's why I say, hey, you don't have to get a PSA 9 or 10. Get a... Get just a you know average fair condition card of somebody you love. It, it doesn't really matter if you're going to keep it, right? It's kind of like a great book. So Who cares? Uh, with that, uh, we're going to roll out of here. We'll talk to you guys next week. Probably have a little bit of news when we do. We'll see what happens with Bobby Wagner. In the meantime, if you want to check out some Cowboys news and hear Marcus Poo Poo, Bobby Wagner signing with that team. You can listen to that on the Locked On Network. Marcus hosts that with Landon McCool. Landon's a great follow. And then uh, Marcus also covers the Raiders for USA Today and writes for profootballfocus.com. That's H-T-T-P <laughs> colon slash slash <laughs> W-W.
1: Remember when you had to do that crap? Yeah. Yeah. You All can
0: right. reach me at profootballfocusfleet.com. No, Sorry. Uh, I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. And we will talk to y'all next week. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.